Good afternoon. Good morning to some of you joining us. Good late afternoon to some of our international audience. My name is John Carroll. I'm the CEO and founder of the Service Council. Welcome to today's in-service podcast series segment uh, featuring some of the latest innovators and thought leaders across the space. Um, and I am extremely pleased to be joined today by Chris Ruff. Chris is the president and CEO of Glimpse. And we're going to be talking about overcoming the misconception of tracking. So all these digital investments, all these digital transformations, and a lot of uh, issues with respect to um, embracement by the front line and, and thinking that it's something that's a, a big brother type element. So I'm really looking forward to uh, diving into today's conversation. Chris, a quick hello to you. Good morning. Thank you. Or good awesome. afternoon for those of us elsewhere in the world. I'm on the West Coast. So. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. So uh, today's segment is going to be recorded. It is interactive as well. So if you'd like to uh, share this with your colleagues, revisit it, um, we encourage you to do so. Um, and you can access it on any of the podcast platforms that you use, whether it's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, or whatever the other channels that you use. Uh, it will be there, um, and we're broadcasting live to a LinkedIn Live audience. So thank you to our LinkedIn Live audience, who we hope becomes our participating audience, uh, not just our listening audience. So if you have reactions to our discussion, if you have comments, questions uh, for Chris, our featured guests, uh, we welcome you to submit those, and we'll try to make sure we uh, integrate those into the discussion and, and not make you wait to the end of the discussion. So Chris... Uh, we know you very well. Uh, you're a board member, a recent appointee to the board. Thank you so much. Okay. But uh, for today's listening audience, could you introduce yourself, personal and professional background, and then we'll jump into the company. Yeah, so um, I was thinking about this, and I, I, I can't believe I'm going on almost 30 years <laughs> in the tech industry. Um, I started my career, actually, uh, it's almost becoming a little bit full circle, working for a company where we sold software to industrial gas supply companies. So, and as, as the world has changed, I, I ran into Praxair and some others at a, at a conference I was at a few weeks back. So the world, the world kind of is, is, keeps going. Um, from there, continued my education at the University of Washington, got an MBA, then jumped into tech startups uh, in Seattle, early days of, of wireless application development with a company called UI Evolution. Uh, we were putting the first apps on some of those flip phones back in 2003, 2004. Uh, transitioned that company into an auto, automotive infotainment company uh, that was doing all kinds of things in the, in the car for consumers. Um, and then found my way to Glimpse in 2017, uh, where we were working to sort of reposition the company, uh, not away from our consumer brand, but really to expand uh, what we were doing with our enterprise customers. We saw a real opportunity to use location in the way we do it, which is, you know, temporary use of location to really provide great communication and, and service to people, as opposed to what we'll get into in a little bit is uh, this, uh, this notion of tracking. Um, and so I'm excited to be here. Uh, I think this industry is ripe for uh, amazing growth that we're all in and, uh, and automation, as we all, I think, can agree. And so just excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, likewise, likewise, and let, let's double uh, let's double click on on Glimpse if we could. Uh, for for a lot of organizations and individuals across this industry, you've become a, a, a recognizable brand. But for some of those listening audience members that don't know Glimpse, could you just talk a little bit more about Glimpse? Yeah, I think what makes Glimpse unique is our consumer underpinnings. 
So the company was formed back in 2008, uh, right as the iPhone was dropping and the, and the first Google Android phones were coming out. And Glimpse's mission was really to create the ability for people to share location with each other temporarily across these different platforms. Like, and, and even today, we are really one of the only ways to do this. Um, and today we have over a million subs uh, registered subscribers. Uh, we have a big partnership with, uh, with Verizon. And so the consumer part of who we are is really at our core. And what that means is we think about the users. And that's different than a lot of uh, enterprise software companies who begin maybe from the back office out. We tend to think for, you know, front back. Uh, the other thing that helps make us unique is because of both our consumers and uh, on our enterprise platform business, we're in lots of vertical segments. We see lots of use cases. We have the ability to, to even beyond this, you know, what might be traditional field services in business and consumer. We're in product uh, delivery. We're working with retailers. We've got curbside pickup product, right? So we're looking at location and how it impacts businesses across multiple fronts, um, which you know helps us, I think, bring interesting ideas and solutions to each one of our vertical segments. That's awesome. And I, I have to admit, I had a consumer experience where Glimpse uh, was my notification plas platform for a scheduled uh, crate and barrel delivery. So <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, a lot uh, of people see crate and barrel in Williams-Sonoma. They get a lot of it. And, that's right. Uh, in certain parts of the country, uh, you'll, get, you'll get your pizza delivered from Papa John's as well. <laughs> outstanding outstanding well let let's um let, let's dive into the discussion a, a really important one um really the misconception of tracking you know digital transformations has been taking the world by storm and 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 well documented and wide-ranging in terms of you know the impact around remote support around upskilling and reskilling collaboration utilization throughput and and more there's been a lot of emphasis on really digitizing and digitalizing both the consumer experience and the employee experience. In the recent uh, 2023 Voice of the Field Service Engineer survey, we had about 2,000 technicians that respond to this survey year over year. 26% greater than one in four technicians cite being tracked via GPS as the number one dislike about the role of being a field service engineer. And year over year, it took the largest jump you know, from number seven in terms of dislike all the way up to number two this year. What paperwork and admin still is the leader in the clubhouse. That's always going to be the bane of the existence. What are your what are your viewpoints of this negative viewpoint of the front line with respect to digital transformation efforts and this slant around being tracked? Well, I think by the nature of using that word track, you're almost leading people to to, to prioritizing it. And I, and I mean that in a way, tracking has a very negative connotation. You know, usually, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a hunter and you're tracking something, again, bad for what you're tracking, right? And if you're, a, if you're an FBI agent, you're tracking something, bad for what you're tracking. But the reality is, is that, you know, first of all, I think there's this misunderstanding that people who implement location-based services to get, you know, provide positive real-time communication to their customers or positive real-time communications to their customer service people, that somehow Big Brother's sort of watching every human all day long. And the reality is they're not, yeah. right? The, the, for the most part, people are only, do I dare say, tracked <laughs> when there is a problem with the customer or a problem with delivering service to that customer and they try to get ahead of it. 
they're not, you know, our customers don't have time to sit around and watch what everybody's doing all day. And they're not. Um, and so this concept is, is, is really sort of, like I said, it, it feels like, you know, we were now taking something like Life360, that family members track their kids 24-7, and implying that that's what's going on in the enterprise space. And it's really not. Um, it's, it's not how our customers do it. They don't have time. They're busy. What they love about location is when there's a problem, the, um, the business can respond more quickly, which saves a whole bunch of time and money. The other thing is it reduces you know, customers making unnecessary phone calls because of insecurity, right? And then the final thing, which I think is good for, good for field service, is the knock on the door and nobody's home. And now both the technician has to come back there someday yeah. or two, the, the business has to reschedule, which is super expensive, right? And, and in a world where productivity is becoming more of a challenge, you know, re-rolls of a service is like the worst thing a business wants to do. So when you add all of that together, you know, the, the business benefit both in field and back office is, is so compelling that I think we as an industry just need to figure out how we bring everyone into the discussion and, and get comfort around. We're not trying to make sure you didn't take a break or, you know, or run in to grab lunch. That's not what's going on here, at least with our customers. And, and last, last year we tracked over a hundred million, you know, deliveries of service or product to people. And so wow. we have a lot of deliveries and a lot of things going on and we know what our customers are doing. Wow, that's outstanding! Really powerful, and I, I love the the examples you give in in terms of this negative connotation to tracking. Um, it, it really brought it home for me. We got to come up with a new word besides yeah. tracking. Maybe we'll do that by the end of today's podcast. There you go. <laughs> but on that element, in terms of some of the business benefits, and you just shared some of them, can we double click on that? Maybe can you share some of the benefits of tracking assets yeah. or employees? So, so this is actually an interesting story and it, it, it comes from kind of not a great experience because uh, my, our partner and I, our integration, this is several years ago, the integration, uh, like all tech sometimes stopped working for a little bit. And, um, and what we learned was from our customer is the biggest complaint they got was the field service team yeah. having to revert to making phone calls to customers again. They hated it. It's that phone call, I'm on my way, are you home? Yep. When you're using and sharing location proactively, technicians can do what they do best, service customers, and then quickly as possible and safely, obviously, get from one customer to the next without this, oh, I've got to, set, you know, I got to call them and make sure Chris is home. Right. So I found that really interesting. They, 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 the, the business was like, man, we had pushback from the field having to go back to the old day of making phone calls. So you can see where if you bring technicians and field service into the discussion, they can actually get benefit. Yep. The other benefits that I, you know, I spoke to were um, being able to more quickly um, you solve a customer's problem. Maybe you know, through the fact that you have insights into the technician's day, you actually see that Chris's appointment at four o'clock is probably not gonna happen or most definitely be outside the window. That's yeah. possible, yeah. right? What we're going to strive to do as a company is dynamically communicate with the customer. So we don't actually, you know, have to necessarily get, um, 
get humans making calls in. But but even if we have to, you're getting ahead of the problem. Maybe because you know the location of another technician, sure. they can whose whose day ended at three because the last appointment was easy, right? They can maybe now service that customer, right? So that kind of dynamic because you can use location makes the whole network more productive, which in the end, I think is both a goal of back office and management and a goal of those in the field. I mean, that's, everybody wants productivity at the end. And I did touch on, you know, re-rolls. Re-rolls are awful and yeah. super expensive. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and so it, it, it really does add a ton of value. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, we hear a lot more of an approach being taken uh, where service leaders are attempting to be proactive in their approach to supporting their frontline, uh, predicting issues that they might encounter or looking for anomalies in service delivery that maybe there's something that that technician might need, whether it's information or a resource or just help or guidance, or maybe they've encountered a safety incident, right? So there's a lot of, lot of benefit to tracking and looking for those anomalies in terms of, you know, throughput and all the things that you just referenced there. So a really, really great discussion. Yeah, just to riff on that for a minute, we're also beginning yeah. to see our customers. So a lot of field service appointments are sort of contingent on product as well. Do you sure. have the products that you need? And yep. some of our customers have begun talking about, you know, how do you, how can you service a customer if a product and one technician is on another technician's truck? Is right. there a way that you can, you know, seem even seamlessly have those two uh, professionals communicate with each other and and track both the parts and the product and, and the service and and try to create a more coordinated event where service becomes seamless, much quicker, um, with less friction for for the service technician and for the business. Outstanding, outstanding. So let's um let let's double click then on those business outcomes, if you could. Um, do you have any other customer examples that of of business improvements gained from tracking? Anything you can share with today's listening audience? So the so generally when 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 Glimpse is added to a uh, to the tech stack and and used by consumers, we we immediately see an improvement of around thirty percent to thirty five percent calls to care. So inbound calls going on. Um, where a customer, and it's all driven by insecurity, right? Yeah. So the thing is, is if you've got a planned window of two to four hours, depending on how a business operates, the closer you get to the end of that window, the more likely the customer is going to say, I think they forgot me, right? Because yep. we as humans want to believe we're the front of the queue of that hour, not the back of the queue, right? So, yep. but in reality, the window is the window, right? So it could happen yep. at any time. Yep. So having visibility for the consumer, updated ETA, a, 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 a dynamic self-service type portal that allows people to, to really see what's going on themselves immediately drops car, call to care. In yep. our best implementations with customers, they're taking that data and they're actually feeding it into their IVR system. And that's sort of their, their, their call center software that comes in and helps to, um, and helps to, you know, solve the customer's problem without getting to human intervention, right? Yeah. And they're, you know, they're able to take the phone number coming in and say, hey, Chris, I bet you're concerned about your appointment today. And then would you like to, um, would you like to hear the ETA, right? And so our best customers are feeding that location data dynamically into that yeah. and, and solving the customer. And, and then what they're doing, which is really smart, is they're asking them, because maybe they haven't opt in to text, 
So in our world, text is the most efficient way to stay completely connected to users. And because text is real time, people see it. Emails can get buried sometimes, yep. right? And, um, and so having the text first and foremost with this dynamic branded, you know, Glimpse yep. is a white label solution. So it's fully branded to you and your, your business yep. um, there that they can do it. So they then push the link at that point back out to the customer and say, now you can track it here. And also, by the way, they just validated they opted in. So from a business and legal perspective, they kind of completed the whole circle. And when customers do that, we see almost a 65 to 70% reduction, right? Wow. In wow. calls to care. So that's yeah. significant. And that's, that is one look at the world, not even taking into account things like, like truck rolls and, and increased productivity gains that can yeah. happen across the network. So yeah, truck rolls, uh, you know, we did some research analysis on what does a truck roll cost and and cost of dispatch is obviously on the rise uh we estimated somewhere between 250 to 2500 dollars plus especially when you think about the more sophisticated assets and you know those that require flight you know to and from you know that are you know disparate disparate customers right they're not necessarily in one location yep um and and that obviously scales when you're unsuccessful in that first visit you know uh, resolution and first time fix and all the things yeah. that uh, the holy grail if you will but i love what you talk about here in terms of you know it, it references back to a case study we did about a decade ago i'll come back to that but personalizing the experience but understanding right i i think about personalizing the experience if they if i call up and i have insecurity in terms of that visitation and when i call they actually know me and it's almost like that ritz carlton experience where you show up to a ritz carlton if you've ever been wondered by you know showing up and and they know you they know your personalized experiences they know what your preferences are and just that 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 understanding of the customer to be able to proactively say we know we get it um this is you know where we are and when we anticipate being there we can't wait to be um you know that that just improves the customer delight and uh, i love that and but but the thing that i think is really cool is that you know it circles back to you know, that customer journey mapping and looking for those friction points on the customer journey and understanding why are we getting an influx of calls to our call center? We did a case study with Sprint actually a decade ago when Sprint was still a thing. And uh, Bob Johnson, the chief service and IT officer was a board member, one of our founding board member. And he talked about trying to understand why were we getting so many calls to our call center because they wanted to prune some of their workforce and think about uh, an automated experience versus that human to human interaction. And they figured out that 90% of the calls coming inbound to their call center were related to billing disputes. And mm -hmm. so as a result of that, Sprint introduced the fixed rate plan. And, and so, you know, they commercialized that knowledge and understanding of their customer into a, a commercial offering. So there's a lot of cool business benefits to understanding the customer, personalizing the experience and looking for those friction points along the experience. Absolutely. And uh, really, really cool that you're empowering that. And we're going to get back to empowerment right after this next question. But Chris, let's let's go to um, another uh, sort of data point that jumps out to me from our voice of the field service engineer survey. Nearly an equivalent percentage of field service engineers, 24%, nearly one in four, do not believe their company is interested in collecting their feedback. And an even greater percentage, 30%, don't agree their company leverages their feedback to make business improvements. So there's an element here where all these digital transformations is being layered on them without their input. 
um, is the new flavor of the month, right? The next greatest feature and functionality. Let's try another thing. Can we eliminate the stigma that dig digital transformations are a big brother? Where, where do you stand in terms of what's a best approach here to making this culture shift? So, yeah, so this is a very interesting topic. And I think it's beginning, it's, it's going to become more and more relevant, yeah. uh, especially as Gen Z becomes more involved in the workforce yep. um, and people's expectations. I think technology companies like ours have had to deal with this for decades in that you're hiring knowledge workers who your frontline people are, you know, highly trained, relatively highly compensated employees, right? Yep. Who you're, when you lead and you make decisions, you actually have to have to sort of work bottom up as opposed to always top down. And, and I think that that's probably a, a dose of reality that's coming to all industries today is that people want to be a part of the conversation. Right. It's simple around this word of tracking. If if a business would explain, yeah, we're not doing this because we don't trust you and we're worried you're wasting resources, time and not working hard. Right. Which is really what the fear of tracking is. Right. That somebody will get caught doing something they normally don't do because they're good yeah. people yeah. on a day that they had to do something. Well, that happens in every business in every world. Right. Yeah. And there's that fear and stigma. But if you bring them into the conversation and say, here is the benefits you will get out of it. Yeah. You know, like I said, don't, you don't have to call the customer anymore because they know exactly the ETA when you're going to be there. So that's, you know, I don't, I'm guessing you didn't ask, but I'm guessing making phone calls to customers, not on the top list of what any service technician wants to do in a day. Right. Yeah. That's right. The last thing they want to do. They want to go about their day. Right. Yep. Um, and so if you can bring them into the discussion, help explain why we're doing it, that it's not, uh, not big brother, you know, explain, you know, the, the, the gen, the tracking is, especially in a glimpse situation, our tracking is, um, in the kind of way that is visualizing it exactly, you know, it's, it's not a perpetual thing all the time. Right. And the sure. consumers never see it except the moment they're supposed to see it. Sure. And so, um, you know, it's not, it's not like it's all night. It's not like it's going on all the time. It's, yep. you know, it's really just when the work needs to get done. But, but more importantly, we just got to bring people together because the younger generation um, is going to demand a voice at the table. Yeah. And if they don't have it, then they're going to go look for, you know, employment opportunities and careers where they feel like they're a part of the team and not just, not just you know, for lack of a better word, the workforce. Yeah. And so I think we as a business have to change. Tech's had to do it a very long time, right? So, um, you know, it's I, I can't make people do what I want. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there, I guess as a leader, I wish I could sometimes. But the reality is, um, <laughs> the reality is it has to be a conversation and yeah. you've got to bring them on board and you've got to put them in the, is part of the, the solutioning of, of this. And then I believe you'll, you'll, you'll find people are open-minded when they understand. Yeah. And then they create... You know, it would have been water cooler gossip in the old days, but we're not at water coolers as often as we used to be. <laughs> They'll create their own narrative that they yeah. will then share with their their employees. And pretty soon you have an uprising and that's the worst thing you can have. Right. So yeah. it's really yeah. about transparency. Yeah. I think most most everyone in the world wants to do good yeah. and, and be productive and make their business they work for stronger. Yeah. So that they have, can long term make more money and have a better career and support their families and send their kids to college. That's all everybody really wants. Yeah. And so we just focus on that, bring them into the discussion. They're smart, by the way. 
you know, the Gen Z generation knows more about technology than I do. No doubt. Right? And, and, and the fact is they're users of it. So yeah. they're the Snapchat generation that share location with people they hardly know. Yeah. And yet as they're coming in, they're worried about their business doing it. So that, that falls on the business in a sense of trust yep. that, you know, we've got to do a better job here. No doubt about it. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. I love it. Involvement couldn't be more important and more vital, uh, especially nowadays. And, you know, we I look back, looking back at the data, you know, I shared some of the data points, but one of the other data points that jumps out as me as alarming uh, is that 41% of field service engineers don't believe that they have a role in innovation at their company, yeah. right? So there's, there's a disconnect between listening there's a disconnect between listening with intent, right? Using that information that you're gleaning for business improvements and then empowering them to be in this innovation process so that their voice is heard and, and uh, they feel part of the solution, not being given a solution uh, is, is also quite critical. Let's go to empowerment because we just talked about that just a, a second ago. Empowerment's become a major theme uh, amongst cu customer service trends, right? So customers are seeking that empowerment, that visibility to the experience. You, know, you can track a pizza through order to consumption. So, gosh, I better be able to do that in a business setting if I can look at my pizza where it is in the build. Um, we see a lot of parallels between customer and employee management. A huge shift has been made towards removing friction and then creating an effortless experience on both sides of that equation. So, I'm hoping that I could turn things over to you to share a couple of examples of empowerment that you believe enables a, a culture of co-creation, right? That, you know, involvement, co-creation, that their voice is heard. Do you have any examples from your customers? Well, I mean, so for me, it always comes back to digital. So yeah. the way that you create empowerment is you give everybody in your organization, whether it's customer facing um, on the services team or, or back office customer facing or um, your billing information, right? Sure. Uh, from Sprint. If you give everybody the tools to solve the problem for whoever they're solving it for, whether it's the customer or maybe it's an internal problem where technician is called back to dispatch and they're, you know, they're needing maybe technical support, yep. right? The more you can streamline that level of digital communication so that people feel both empowered, but more importantly, less nervous or scared that they're going to be put on an island somewhere where they can't make a change. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a huge believer in, and many of our customers follow the same suit. They're trying to get more data, more information in the hands of every knowledge worker, whether it's back office or front office. Location becomes an important tool for that. Because that's a part of helping people make decisions more quickly, right? And and move sure. move to service the customer, but more importantly, protect the employees so they're not having to work overtime or work late in the evening. But it's all about putting information in the hands where it can be used immediately. Sure. Because nobody likes... So if you're a technician who has to call back to the office because the customer has a question you can't answer, pretty soon you're now the middle person and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. If you can empower them to answer those questions, it's all the better, right? And that goes across your organization. So yep. the good news is, is that that means more digital transformation. Um, over time, AI plays a role in this because, you know, there's this massive knowledge work, knowledge out there that sits inside of an organization where businesses like mine, but, you know, businesses like my customers are trying to normalize in such a way that it's, 
you know, it can be read and, and, and create action upon and those sorts of things. Sure. And so the amount of transformation that's coming is, is about that. And our, what we see in our best customers is, you know, a push out to mobile technology. So there's always been the stigma that if, you know, putting, putting mobile technology in the field, maybe, maybe the technicians won't like it They're you know, but think about it. We, you talked about the number one complaint is, is paperwork that could be eliminated with digital technology, right? Paper, yeah. it could be as simple as feeding the right documentation for that type of job pre-formatted to fill in the seven things that need to be filled in, hit yep. send, be done, right? Yeah. So yeah. all of that innovation can come together so that people can focus on servicing customers. And, and in, our, in this case, being technicians, which is probably why they got into the business in the first place, right? It was yeah. it was because they like to go out and solve problems and they're particularly good at it. So is the more we push digital communication, digital technology, um, the further we can push this. And we're gonna need it because yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know that the the workforce, I mean, so I should say it differently. Post-pandemic, the workforce has changed. Yeah. Uh, we're only beginning to kind of understand. Um, I was in Columbus, Montana, population maybe 2,000. And <laughs> the McDonald's there, which I ran in to get a, uh, a Diet Coke. I shouldn't drink Diet Coke. I know that. But I, did, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I do it once in a while. And on the door in Columbus, Montana, a minimum wage was 18.50 an hour. Columbus, Montana. Wow. Right? So that's way beyond the national average. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's, it's changed. Right. And, and we as businesses are just beginning to learn yep. what the what the Uber economy is bringing, what the all these things are coming together. Sure. People have choices and careers and flexibility they didn't used to have. Yeah. And yep. to some extent, businesses like like all of us are going to compete for that talent. Yeah. And so we've got to really think about it as we're developing technology to allow people to, you know, it goes back to this entire conversation, be a part of the discussion and and help be part of the transformation yeah the 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 role of the front line is is becoming more and more critical more and more sophisticated more and more white collar we're going to get to that in just a moment yep. there's some alarming trends uh coming from the voice of the field service engineer with respect to engagement still um so we'll, we'll circle back to that in just a moment um we hear more and more uh, service organizations and this kind of speaks to that alarming trend of engagement there's a retirement crisis. There is a an engagement crisis. It still is upon us, both of them. And and there's a a, a hunt in in talent war that's happening, with respect to finding you know skilled workers for the trade space. And because of that, we see more and more dependency on the extended network. So partners and dealers and even multi-vendor services offerings where one manufacturer is supporting another manufacturer's customers. And, and then you've got obviously the gig economy and the independents out there turning wrenches and doing their thing as well. So the gig economy and all these extended labor networks is, is causing complexity because the further you get out from the full-time organization, the full-time engineers, you start to see a disconnection from all these digital tools and, and all these, you know, important, you know, resources that, that can help maintain quality, quality of brand experience, customer experience, et cetera. Do you believe tracking and all these digital transformations is kind of a prerequisite to maintaining quality? What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, so you're, you're hitting on a couple of important things. One is um, in every one of our customers, the, this new network that's being built yeah. is, is really become a key thing, right? Sure. And, and it's everything from services and service technology being provided low, you know, real time. It's yeah. also product delivery, right? It's 3PL, it's 4PL, it's last mile logistics. And each one of those partners who you don't own and you don't control their tech stack, sure. all are building out their own tech. Yeah. And what we're seeing right now is sort of the, um, the need, right, for creating, a, I think, a long-term better strategy about how partners and uh, integrate together to create a unified experience. Sure. Um, at Glimpse, one of the things we're looking at is um, we obviously have an end-to-end solution where we track local track location and, and provide our insights. But we also, because of the volume of location data we ingest a year, we're world-class at ingesting all kinds of data and sure. making location data, making smart decisions. So we thinking about, you know, how, how, how could we be a part of solving this problem and centralizing the capture of location regardless of source yeah. so that meaningful insights can not only go to the customer, but also their customers. Now, now the ETA branded self-service portal looks yep. the same under all situations, right? Yep. And and you get an expectation where back office support can see where a third party is just as easily as they can see their own. Sure. All of those things need to come together in a yep. unified way. It's not easy, but that's the future because I believe the labor trends are heading us down this path. Yeah. And um, it's now time for business to think about how it's, it's kind of not as sexy because it's more about making things useful out of the chaos yeah. and bringing stuff together, which is not, you, you could argue is not super innovative, but I actually think it is because once the work is done, now you can start putting machine learning and AI across all this data set. You can transform your customer service organization. Sure. You can transform the way your customers experience your field service or your yep. product delivered. And if in the case, it's a physical product. So you can get yourself there where it's monumental and your business will be resilient because you might have a partner go out of business in, in Nashville, Tennessee, but you can now replace them seamlessly and the experience doesn't change both back office and in the field. So Absolutely. that's the goal is to create a resilient organization yep. that uses tech as its competitive advantage so that they can have lots of partners and provide the same service level agreement SLA with each one of their, which one of their partners, each one of their customers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I, the, the, we, we look at the benefits of tracking and tracing of the frontline employees and in a couple of different areas, uh, just to kind of double click on, on some of the things we've already talked about. It, it doesn't have to be a, a, a stick thing. It could be a carrot, right? There, there could be, an element here of incentivizing positive behaviors. So looking for those positive behaviors and then incentivizing with recognition and rewards, which frontline employees still don't believe that uh, they're not completely in agreement that there's enough reward and recognition within their role. So that's still an area of potential growth. Uh, we see a, another area of building a proactive approach to looking for anomalies in del delivery. So I talked about anomaly detection and, you know, how we can look at proactively supporting technicians and engineers when and where they get stuck. 
Uh, maybe they need information. Maybe they need parts. Maybe they need help, and and there's a safety incident. So that's another area where this tracking and tracing becomes important. We also see um, unsafe practices, identifying unsafe practices, and then maybe having some corrective action plans so that you avoid, you know, workplace incidents and create a happier experience for the customers. Are, are these some of the areas that you're seeing uh, that day in and day out with your customers across uh, across the, the globe, if you will? Yeah, I think um, I think you hit on something pretty interesting, and that's safety. And I think yeah. we didn't touch on it enough. And, you know, the value of location services, and do I dare say tracking again, is that <laughs> there is a sense of safety that comes with that. You know, in a bad situation for a technician in the field, maybe they've been on site too long. But I was in an Uber the other day and we were waiting to go through a secured gate in a business meeting we were supposed to go into. And Mm -hmm. the gate was particularly busy and it was taking a long time. And the driver got notified, hey, are you okay?" Really? And because the car stopped a really long time. Sure. And interestingly enough, the, the driver said, yeah, you'll probably get one too here soon to say, are you okay, right? Because they, they were right. tracking the fact that we were sitting at this long gate that whoever was first in line didn't have the right paperwork and they couldn't go in, right? So we had to all back up and it was just there a long time. So you you underestimate the value of safety. If someone, yeah. you know, we, you know, location data can be used to track hard, hard collisions. You don't necessarily even need a big telematics thing. When you, you know, actually Apple's doing it with phones right now, but, um, if you're if you hit something, all of a sudden the location stream ends in a very specific way. It yeah. it didn't slow down and glide to an end. It kind of abruptly ended. We had a sure. we had a group at the University of Washington look at our data and they predicted what they thought were accidents um, on anomalized old data we had. Again, we we don't keep actual you know tied to human data mm-hmm. um, outside of forty eight hours at glimpse. Um, because we just don't. That's just our sure. tenant, and we're all about privacy here and, and security. And we and and take it super seriously. But the data set, you could see bumps and things like that, right? Sure, uh, sure. Which is pretty cool. So you know, there's things we can do that um, that would be safer for for people and make the experience better. So it doesn't always have to again getting away from this big brother idea. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's super important that we keep thinking about how we make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, and it, it, we, so we're going to continue to think about what word do we use besides tracking because we haven't solved that one yet. So yeah, I like, I like location intelligence, but it's a mouthful. All right. Hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, I, like, I like it too. Transparency, okay. visibility, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to another um, trend. And in, in I, we kind of gave a prelude to this, but Last year, we asked uh, field service engineers their level of commitment to the role and the career, and it was uh, 54% indicated that they were either not committed to or weren't sure if they were committed to the career. This year, it's dropped to 48%, so there's positive growth there, more commitment, more engagement. However, when we look at some of the age breakdowns, Gen Y, which is ages 25 to 44, are most susceptible to leaving, and that makes up a large percentage of workforces. This year, it's 80% are not committed to the career, either unsure or not committed. And that's a jump year over year from 67%. So it's a massive jump. I don't know what's shaking off here, but something's happening. We need to think about 
you know, are we creating career paths, career lattice, career growth, you know, ladders? But what do you what, what do you think the, the challenges here are in terms of building deeper interest and engagement in the field service engineer career? Yeah, it's th- that is a very alarming uh, statistic um, oh, no. because, well, first of all, it's not su- in some ways it's not surprising given what we know about Gen Y and Gen Z. Yeah. Um, they tend to keep jobs less than maybe our generation, and certainly sure. less than my parents' generation, yeah. right? And yeah. that's just you know generationally things change, right? Sure. Um, the challenge with that is when you're when you're hiring a technician is there's a lot of training that goes involved, right? Yeah. So if it's every three to four years, people are jumping, yeah. it's, um, it's going to be problematic. Um, and so we're going to have to get ahead of it. I do think, you know, training. So what I do know about Gen, Gen Y and Gen Z is they want to be continual learners. Mm-hmm. So how do they, how do they move their careers forward by getting a broader technical education? So maybe tech, you know, you have to build in, you know, some retraining or continuous education into the process. So they feel like they're not just getting compensated more, but their, their, their skill set is growing. Now, the, yeah. the challenge you're going to have to embrace, and again, going back, I'm a tech company, I've had to do this forever, is it then comes with higher expectations around compensation over time, right? Yep. And so it's, it dovetails together, but, yep. but you can, I think we all know that friction transitioning employees costs a lot more than um, than it does to to compensate people appropriately, and we've had to learn that in tech for forever as one of the, the highest compensation industries in, on the planet. I think is sure. we you know we have to do it, but it but my Gen Z and Gen Y are looking for the same thing. They're looking for new opportunities, continued growth, and I I can't imagine their peers who happen to be in the service tech industry um, don't feel the same way. The other thing I will say too is in in I'm not as close to the field, obviously, because I don't run a field service organization, but I think there's an opportunity um, to broaden sort of who is a field service technician, right? Uh, this is weird. I was, I was at, a, um, at a hotel, I guess it was the spring, and every one of the valets were women. I don't know that I've ever seen that, right? Awesome. And so super cool, right? Yeah, yeah but you get used to sort of you know certain jobs for certain people, and I, you know, I think we as businesses have to rethink that because it's yeah. you know, I have two daughters, and if they want to be in service tech and they love it, and that's what gets them up every morning, we should encourage it, right? It's absolutely it's, it doesn't it doesn't have to be traditional. So I yeah. think we can look more broadly yep. at at who the workforce is. Of course, that will change you know, benefits, compensation, and I'm not going to yeah. say more like benefits and how we, you know, if more women are in a workforce, it's, you know, sure. you're, you're going to have to do what you should be doing anyway as a business to support them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to make a change, but it also broadens the diversity of our, of our base. Right. And, yeah. and that's what it's got to all be about. The cool part of being, I think, in, in tech, being a technician is the tech is getting better. So yeah. there is more to learn. There's more you can do. Yep. Um, there's more problems. If you're, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, there's across all fields, there's highly compensated senior people who, who maybe aren't even in the field as much. They're actually the ones doing the calls when the technician in the field doesn't know what to do. And, and you just got to find those paths for people and get them on the right way. I am. Absolutely. I will say the one thing I am positive about is I'm hearing um, recent college or high school graduates Mm -hmm. choosing 
um, STEM-based or technician-based uh, futures for themselves as opposed to traditional college, right? Four-year college. They're, they're still getting training. Maybe they're going to become an electrician and they're going to have to go to an apprentice process. But it, we're seeing people um, actually try to make decisions that better fit their lifestyle, their skills, what they're good at. Maybe yep. they're not in classroom book learners. And this is so yep. I think we could play to our strength here. And I think we could play to leaning in on creating a great experience to bring those people into to to our services uh, and trades and yep. and not let them go off and, and just drive DoorDash. Uh, according to salary.com, um, the average salary for a year one field service engineer is sixty eight thousand to eighty five thousand dollars. The average four-year degree, according to education.org, um, is $105,000 four-year uh, education. So there's a lot of benefits. It's a, it's a, it can be a rewarding career, to your point, it, highly lucrative in many instances. Um, and, and the role is becoming more sophisticated and white-collar. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's exciting to see service leaders more so get their seat at the C-suite table because of the importance of customer experience and, and service delivery and all the good things there. And I think following that, we're going to see the field service engineer become more powerful within the enterprise. Yeah. And, and so we, we see it in terms of our data. So can, I plug, can I plug one thing? The, yeah. You know, at the end of a glimpse experience, yeah. uh, we send out survey feedback to the, um, to the customer. How did we do, Right. I, I would really love to see survey feedback the other way from the technician. How was the customer experience? Like, yeah. meaning, how did the customer treat them? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, as, as businesses, you may have to fire some of your customers yeah. in the event that they're causing you turnover. Right. Well, and yeah. it, it works great. And, you know, it works great in the gig economy. And I think it's I think it's time for us to think like that, that our yep. employees opinions on what just happened. And the safety and the security of the relationship is important. A absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree with you. I think that's a good point you make there. It goes both day, both ways. The, the door swings both ways. Absolutely. Let's get into um, some of the next wave of growth in service innovation. What, what do you see that's happening in the industry? I mean, we've talked a lot about some of the latest innovations and such, but maybe a double click for you on something that's happening in the space that you think is really cool. Um, and, and then what's next for Glimpse? Maybe you can share some things that are coming down the path. So, um, so I'm really bullish on AI for this yeah. industry. Um, yeah. It's going to solve a whole bunch of problems, right? The predictive sure. nature of things is going to be great. So the minute you had a whole network of part and services mm -hmm. on a network where you knew where everything was, meaning you knew the, 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 the software and the cloud knew where everything was. Right. Now you can start running models and predictability about how that may tie to service. Yep. It may even over time help you improve your, your, your planning and scheduling because sure. you actually know that there's going to be this anomaly and supply chain that's happening and you're going to have to slow down certain types of jobs or push them out a week. So yep. I'm really bullish on the fact that we can, uh, in real time, train systems that will improve business outcomes, both in the field for the technician, but back office for customer care and also for scheduling planning, which I believe will drive significant amounts of, of revenue with, with fewer. Um, and again, I don't, I don't believe tech's goal is to reduce mm -hmm. 
human, you know, employment and things like that, but it is to make things more productive and yeah. in turn, let, let the human mind do what it's best at instead of mundane things. And AI can be a huge, huge part of that. So I, I see and hear our customers talking about that, especially because supply chain is better, but it's still problematic in the, yeah. in the way things work. And with respect to the third parties we discussed, so it all comes together that this is a very complicated, very, very interesting problem with the way business is being delivered and only tech can sort of make it smarter because the human doesn't have time to read reams of reports and run spreadsheets. And yep. so I'm super excited about that. I think that's a, a huge opportunity. Sure. Um, and that's, that's really where we're beginning to lean in to try to help our customers. We yeah. can't do it all because we only have a, a small data set of what we work with. Um, and most, you know, our customers data is their data. So, sure. but we want to help, you know, we want to help them train and get better at this so they can have better outcomes. So that's, that's probably the biggest area I see um, with respect to that. With respect to Glimpse, um, we're, we're, um, we've been very focused over the last few years on field service and, and product delivery. Uh, sure. Specifically, I would say most of our customers are B2C, mm-hmm. right? So their customers are, are homes. Um, we've seen a whole bunch more interest in B2B. I think because um, especially if you have to provide physical service to a business that's semi-remote, yeah. you now have the same problem of, is someone going to be there to let me into the, the, the building so I can provide the service, whether yeah. it's, you know, test the elevator or, or maybe uh, fix some computer hardware, right? Sure. And so we're seeing a lot more interest in there. Sure. The other thing, because Glimpse has built a reputation around you know, generalized location is we're we're getting inbounds from some very interesting industries I wouldn't have thought we would be in. Uh, hmm. We got an inbound from a, a steel manufacturer, and uh, we're looking at providing a service that's a bit like uh, industrialized curbside pickup for steel. Huh. And the idea is a massive eighty-acre, you know, factory slash warehouse, and yeah. the steel's laying on the ground, and you want to route people through the plant and load the truck effectively for a 4PL. So a a truck that may never come back to that facility and you want to get them in safely, get them out as quickly as possible. And so it's weird how these trends are coming all over and Glimpse will get smarter because of it and we'll learn things we didn't know and um, have great experiences. So, um, and then then on the the field services side, you know, we're going to, uh, it doesn't affect most of the members here, you know, we're going to be enhancing the Glimpse consumer app mm-hmm. to allow some lightweight customization so that a, uh, a single HVAC uh, person who, who's got a, you know, a truck and a business can yep. actually provide Glimpse-like services and communication using location uh, via the Glimpse consumer app. So uh, that's more to follow and sort of pre, pre-dropping that. But we're pretty excited because you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who can take advantage of some of this technology. So I'm um, pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, super cool. Really cool. Well, good. We'll have to welcome you back and, and have you showcase it at some point. Um, let, let's um, let's shift to, you know, we're at the final stages of the discussion here. Yeah. Um, and just want to thank you for being a, a valued yeah. member of our board, uh, recent appointee. Thank you so much. Um, really helpful to, to feature your customers across our discussions and um, and, and you're working with some really world-class brands and doing a great job there. 
what do you find most important about the relationship and your involvement in the service council and, and being a board member, Chris? So, so I'm very new, but, but um, had immediate benefit when you dropped the bomb on me about, um, <laughs> you know, location being a, a four letter word. <laughs> two technicians basically and jumping seven positions. That was alarming. You, if you'd have seen me, I'm not sure I was, sh I'm not sure I was actually on, had my camera on, but my jaw dropped and hit the ground. And it's <laughs> like, you know, at first you go into, Oh, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I realized like every business challenge, it's usually just a wake up call for yeah. all of us to do a little bit better sure. um, because sure. what we provide isn't going away. So, so those data and that insights uh, I think is critical. And then, Bringing together multiple suppliers and folks who we all are dealing with some of the same challenges, sure, but can sort of communicate where we're seeing, you know, opportunities, benefits. There's not a ton of direct competition on it. There's just a lot of people who are trying to do the same thing, make yeah. uh, our, our, our customers more productive, uh, improve their bottom line, grow their top line have happy employees and happy customers. So I, I've enjoyed it. I've been there. I've only had one meeting, so I'm, I'm that new, so, but I'm already looking forward to the next one. Awesome, Chris. Hopefully, hopefully the next year when we do it, we move down seven and not up seven. That's right. That's right. We'll get this out of the way and solve it. Uh, well, let's, let's um, for our listening audience, they got to know you and your company and your viewpoints on all the important things that we talked about, about eliminating the misconception of tracking uh, uh, today's discussion. What about something personal and uh, about yourself, Chris? What are you looking forward to? It's summertime. Are you enjoying summer with uh, with family? Uh, what what's uh, next for you personally? So so the Pacific Northwest is beautiful. I'm reminded the you know I was in I was in Memphis this week, which is the exact opposite of the Pacific Northwest weather wise, right? So uh, you know we're we're in the 80s with very low humidity, and uh, most of the rest of the U.S. right now is is under crippling heat yeah. especially yeah. the southeast so i'm reminded how beautiful it is here now in the summertime i just like to, to spend some time outdoors uh i, I used to be a, a very uh very good golfer uh family life and all of those got in the way of uh, me continuing to to play as much as i'd like i started to play a little more golf this summer which cool. has been nice uh get out and walk around a, a golf course and, and hit the ball a little bit and uh my older son now that he's done with basketball is got into it and we played a few times. So I'm enjoying cool. that little bit of travel. I've got one kid that finally graduated my daughter and she's, uh, she's fortunately has a job in Portland and is, is off adulting. And <laughs> uh, my second son is studying computer science in, in California. And I've got one left in, at home, my youngest daughter who, uh, who, like I mentioned to you, I, who might end up in Boston at school after yeah. senior year this year. So yeah. we'll see. And so I'm just enjoying those, those, as we've, as many of us have gone through those fleeting moments where you're uh, at the end of your one part of your journey and heading to the next one. Outstanding. Outstanding. Boston's a good spot for your daughter to, to, to land. So Great. hopefully that is the case. And if it is the case, we'll have to play around a golf together. So we absolutely will. <laughs> All right. He's Chris Ruff. He's this president and CEO of Glimpse. He's a board member of the service council. And I, I think we solved a little bit of this misconception of tracking in the field service and service management space. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining today's discussion. I learned a lot, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners did too. So thank yeah, you so much, you. Chris. Yeah, appreciate it. And we'll see you at the Smarter Services Symposium, which we're incredibly grateful to have you join us at. So thank you. Remember. All right. Outstanding. Thank you for joining today. Uh, today's podcast will be recorded. It is recorded, and it will be accessible for consumption, sharing with colleagues. 
Thank you for joining. I hope this was valuable for you, and we'll see you on the next one.